Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller, the host of this show. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group with offices in New Rochelle and in Manhattan. I'm on a mission to change how people divorce in New York. And my guest today is Gail Loeb. Uh, Gail, this is a repeat because you are a social security consultant and financial planner and president of the Loeb Financial Group, 29 years of experience. And since there have been some new laws passed with regard to Social Security. Since you came and shared with us your expertise last fall, I welcome you to Dialogue on Divorce. Thank you for having me back, Catherine. So on November 2nd, the Bipartisan Budget Act was passed, and that made a lot of significant changes in the Social Security rules. To begin with, the great strategy of file and suspend has gone away. So particularly for divorced people, if you are lucky enough to be 62 by 1231, 2015, you can still file a restricted application on your ex-spouse provided. So let's just back up for a minute and talk about what the rules are around divorced spouses and Social Security, because very oftentimes when people consider their retirement, they ask me that question, well, what about Social Security? And one thing that I know is that we cannot contractually change Social Security obligations with a separation agreement or a stipulation of settlement or anything of that sort. So what are a divorced spouse's rights to collect Social Security with regard to their former spouse? Well, first, I want to say that Social Security should be looked at in the context of total financial planning for retirement. And it is part and parcel of the whole package. And the rule of thumb is that, you know, it used to be that people said, take it when you can get it, because we don't know if it's going to be around. And that winds up hurting people. So the old wisdom, the old way doesn't really work because... Well, so having nothing to do with divorce, that what you're saying is that there used to be a sort of a, a conventional wisdom. So you should take your Social Security as soon as you're eligible to collect it because we didn't know whether or not it would even be around in the future. Correct. And that, in your view, that thinking has changed because... So here's really important information. The earliest you can take it is 62. If you wait between 62 and 66, which is full retirement age, there's a 25% increase. And if you then wait again between 66 and 70, it is an, another 8% a year that you can tack on to your benefit. And if the government continues to give COLAs, the inflation riders, that could be a couple of million dollars over your lifetime. So currently, the maximum benefit at 62 is only about $2,000, and it's just about double that at 39.43, I believe, at age 70. So imagine you would have double the amount of income if you wait. So people say, so what? Well, there's the ugly inflation monster. So 
I know in 1977, when I bought my first house for $66,000 and what it's worth today and what uh, my first car cost in 1974 was $2,500, fully loaded, taxes included. I mean, you have two perfect examples of inflation. So if people are going to be okay today by taking it early, in 10 years, they're not going to have enough money. So I think what you're saying is that it's a, it's a significantly bigger amount of monthly money that you get the longer you wait. That's right. And really, you should wait as long as possible. Now, if there are health issues, if you cannot find work, if you cannot work for some reason, and you must take it, then you have no choice. But in an optimal case, you should try to work as long as you can before you start taking it. And I just brought in an article from yesterday's Wall Street Journal that said, the longer people work, the healthier they are. That's interesting. And so what you're saying is that, of course, the two things go together, that you'll be healthier if you work longer, according right. to the article, right. uh, and then, which must Wall cite Street some study. Journal, yes. Right. And yesterday's then, Wall Street Journal. Right. Also that financially speaking, if you're going to live a long life, it's better to wait as long as you can to take your social security, just better from a financial perspective, because you'll get more money. If you knew you're going to live till 95, clearly it makes more sense to wait because you would be getting a higher monthly benefit and it could be millions of dollars. If you knew that we weren't going to live that long, it might be a different decision. Exactly. And you know, we all know people living well into their 90s and centenarians are the fastest growing part of the population. So those people, we, we need to plan for a long lifespan, most of us. I remember years ago that the uh, Today Show used to have a thing about the, I can't remember who it was, but the guy who was the weather guy before Al Roker, he did a yes, people's 100th yes, birthdays. And yes, I, I guess they yes, don't do that anymore. Yes, I yes, don't watch I it. I remember yes, him so very, that was vividly. Big thing. Yes, and now yes. it's not such a big Willard thing. Scott. Willard Scott. <laughs> All right. So that's a general rule. In your view of helping people make a retirement plan, working as long as possible, postponing, receiving Social Security as long as possible makes the most sense. Correct. All right. So now what about if you get divorced? Well, as long as you are married for 10 years, you are entitled to collect a benefit on your ex-spouse. If the divorce happened over two years ago, your ex-spouse, let's say for, for consistency sake, call it the husband, the husband uh, hasn't filed and the ex-wife wants to collect on his record, she can do that. He doesn't have to know about it. All right. So I think there's a couple of things that are built into what you're saying there. One is that the ex-spouses maintain the right to collect Social Security as the spouse of someone to whom they were married for 10 years or more. Correct. And so, and that that has absolutely nothing to do with the spouse's benefit. So not only if the former wife takes the husband, in your examples, Social Security the spousal share of his social security, he does not, it doesn't reduce his. Correct. And he doesn't even need to know about it. And if he's remarried, it doesn't affect what his current wife gets. All right. Which has absolutely nothing to do with the first wife's entitlement to choose his, the spousal portion of his retirement benefit. Correct. And why would she do that? Why would she choose a spousal portion over her own portion? Okay. So let me get into the new rules. The old rule was that you could claim on your ex-spouse 
and let yours grow. Because remember I said there's a 25 plus a 32% increase. So it's like a 60% increase between age 62 and, and 70. So if you claim on your ex-spouse and let yours grow, you want to let yours grow the maximum up until 70, then at 70, you can take your own and have the higher benefit for the rest of your life. So what you're saying is you used to be able to, to choose the spousal portion, collect that while your own grew, and then switch over. Exactly. It was a great strategy. Guess what? It was costing the government too much money. So on November 2nd, they passed this Bipartisan Budget Act, and they repealed it. For people that were 62 by 1231 of 2015, they can still do that. So if you're listening out there and you fit into that age group, you can collect on your ex-spouse's benefit while letting your own grow. The really important thing to remember is that the magic number is 66. So you need to wait till 66 to start collecting on your ex-spouse so that you then can switch to your own. If you do it earlier, you cannot switch. Okay. That's for people who have turned 62 by... The end of last year. By the end of last year. Okay. So let me just let, let me just roll it back and make it even more basic than that. And let me also say, this is Catherine Miller. You're listening to Dialogue on Divorce. We're here every other... Wednesday from 5 to 5.30 on WVOX 1460 AM or worldwide WVOX.com and also available on my website as an as a podcast, www.westchesterfamilylaw.com. And I'm speaking with Gail Loeb. She's the president of the Loeb Planning Group. And I do want to invite people to call in if they have questions for Gail about Social Security, 914-636-0110. 914-636-0110. And I just want to back up for one second and say, let's talk about what is the spousal share? Let's just keep it really simple here Great. just for a second. What is the spousal Great. share and how does it work? Okay. So if you file today and you are under that age 62 that we just talked about, you get the higher of it is called deemed filing. You get the higher of your benefit or half of your ex-spouses. And at 66 or full retirement age, you get 50% of your ex-spouse. If you file at 62, you only get a third of your ex-spouses. Again, another reason to wait. So whenever somebody reaches social security age, retirement age, social security retirement age, or 62 and they're first eligible, or 66 when they're eligible for the full benefit, and 70 when they're eligible for the, what do they call that? The super duper. Extended benefit. <laughs> then each person has a right to choose either their own benefit that they accumulated by, by virtue of their own work and employment history, correct? Or... It's not that they're choosing, Catherine. They will get from okay. Social Security the higher of their own benefit or a percentage of their ex-spouses, depending on the age that they file. Okay. So that the benefit, if the higher benefit is the benefit from the ex-spouse, then they at 62, it's one third, and at 66, it's one half. Correct. And does it make any difference to wait to 70? Again, you should wait as long as you possibly can. Because even if you're taking the spouse's benefit, it goes up. Well, it gets inflated for inflation. 
but that's it. You're locked in at the lower number. Whatever number you start with, you're stuck with that for your whole life. Okay. You know, the government says there's no inflation. I don't know about you, but people are complaining to me about how much everything costs. I mean, I know every time I go to the supermarket, everything's more money. Right. So that what you're saying to to our listeners is that take seriously this issue of inflation and think about the long-term benefit of having a larger number. And God forbid, I mean, the best case scenario is you don't need the money. So then you'll spend it on your children and your grandchildren. All right. So again, for our divorced and divorcing listeners, what are the requirements to be able to receive the spouse's share. If you're, you're a typical stay-at-home mom or a non or a homemaker and you haven't worked much outside the the home in, in over a lifetime or you worked early on in your life but not in many years, what do you need to prove in order to get the spousal share? You need to prove that you were married for 10 years and social security is going to require your marriage certificate and your divorce decree and If the marriage, the divorce was over two years ago, the ex-husband, call it the husband, does not need to have filed on his own. Okay. But if the divorce was within two years, that person has to have filed on his own. Right. Or you have to wait for the expiration of two years. Right. And what other changes besides the elimination of the file and suspend, what happened in the November? Well, that is the biggie, that people were... You know, married and divorced couples were getting extra money by this loophole that was never intended to provide all this extra income. Social Security was always intended to be there for people that needed it, not to take advantage of, you know, collecting twice. That is the biggie of what went away. Is there anything else? Well, what I want to call your attention to is the earnings test. People, again, say, I want to take Social Security as soon as I can get it. But if you take it at 62 and you're earning more than $15,720, then you have to give back one for every $2 that you collect. So you're shooting yourself in the foot. Now, you do get it back at 66 at full retirement age but you are still stuck at the lower amount for the rest of your life. So it makes no sense. Is there an earnings test for people who are 66 and older? Yes. So when you're 66, you have to give back one for three, and that's over $41,880. And in the month you turn 66, there is no give back. Again, but if you're working, then put this off. So there's lots of reasons not to take it sooner. I hear you. It's your strong advice to people to delay as long as they possibly can. I think that's my message. (laughs) All right. So Gail Loeb, uh, the Loeb Planning Group, what about people who are widows or widowers? Are there rules, special rules for, for those people? There are, and those extremely generous rules have not changed. So if you are a widow or widower, you can claim as early as 60 on your deceased spouse. Now you have 10 years to let your own benefit grow while your deceased spouse, husband or wife, while collecting on his or her benefit. So you can do a sort of file and suspend for widows and widowers. Yes, 
Yes. I mean, it's not really file and suspend because to file and suspend, the original person has to have filed and suspended. I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because you can still take one and allow Collect your own on their to record. Acc- right. accrue. Well, that's interesting. What do you think the difference is? Well, they passed this Budget Act really quickly, so they might not have thought that one through, or they may make the divorce rules on a par with the widow or widowers, because, you know, they think that those people really need the money. Well, far be it from I to want to try to second guess how the government thinks, but on the deceased spouse, they're not paying any benefit to the deceased person, Correct. so they're not having to pay potentially three people on the same... Social Security benefit, the employee, first wife and second wife or husband and whatever. Correct. Correct. So and, you know, we talked about inflation earlier in the show and how costly everything gets, you know, the more the years roll by. And if a person takes it too early and then they pass away and their widow or widower now is claiming on them because you get 100% of the widow or widower's benefit of what the original person was getting. If the decedent, the original person who died, claimed early, he's now penalizing his wife for the rest of her life at a much lower benefit. Hmm, That's interesting. Gail, can you help us understand what if people aren't divorced or widowed? What if they're living together? How can they maximize their Social Security benefit other than waiting as long as possible? Well, unfortunately, the file and suspend went away. So again, it just changed on April 30th. For people that were 66 by April 30th, like a few days ago, they could have filed and suspended so that their spouse could collect on them. That just went away a couple of uh, days ago. However, if one of them is working still, uh, the other one may or may not want to collect on, you know, each situation is so different. It depends on what the earnings are that are coming in. You know, we offer a free social security calculator to see what is the best avenue for individuals, divorced people, happily married. uh, Where can people, where can people locate the divorce? I'm sorry, the social security calculator. Well, call my office 914-428-6440 or go on Loeb Planning, lobplanning.com, and you will find a way to get in touch with us, email us, and we will be happy to run the calculators for you. I think this might be a great time to also mention the other free resources that your office offers for people who are thinking about retirement planning in general. We offer a complimentary consultation to anybody who is wondering and worrying about financial security in retirement. Will you have enough income to live on. We will meet with you and evaluate and look at your situation and we can customize a financial plan for you. I think that's really a great offer and people should take advantage of the opportunity to meet with someone who has some expertise because I know it's super confusing for me when I think about all of these social security and retirement ideas. They they seem to sort of swim around in my head and I know that's true for my clients as well. So I think that's, I really appreciate that. So what else, Gail, do you think that people should be thinking about? How about same-sex marriages? You know, they have not yet formalized rules on same-sex marriages. So anybody who is in a same-sex marriage needs to 
write to Social Security and tell them that they're waiting for a ruling because they have not yet come out with that. What I want to bring to your attention, remember, you may remember last time I was here, we talked about our fictitious Don Juan and how he was married. He had five 10-year marriages and every one of his ex-wives could collect on his record. And his current wife, you only have to be married nine months. So he actually had five ex-wives collecting on his record and his current wife collecting. And he, he himself is collecting. So and that's, that's Don Juan and his many, many wives can still do that. That's right. That's right. So people are worried, you know, that their children will find out, that the ex-spouse will find out, that the current spouse will find out, but it is your right to collect on your ex-husband. and you Or should, wife. Or wife. Or wife. Absolutely. You know, now we have many wives who have great earning potential and ex-husbands out there, you need to know that you can collect on your ex-wife. So the laws are gender neutral. Gender neutral. And I can imagine that, again, far be it from I to wonder what is in the minds of government as they write regulations, but that I would given the Marriage Equality Act that they would really have to honor same-sex marriages the way they honor heterosexual marriages. We certainly hope so. And we look forward to seeing that coming down the pike. All right. In the last few minutes that we have together, maybe you could give, again, just a very basic general description of how Social Security benefits are calculated, how people can find out what their benefit is. Because many of my clients, they come in and they say, oh, I actually haven't gotten a statement in years, even though I understand you're supposed to get an annual statement and so on and so forth. I mean, you don't need to give us exactly the numbers, but how does the benefit calculated? They are saving money, Catherine, so they aren't mailing out the statements as frequently as they used to. So when people say that they haven't been getting their statement, they're right. That is true, yes. (laughs) You can believe your clients when they tell you that. You can go on socialsecurity.gov to check your benefits and also to check your earnings records. We've had people whose earnings records were incorrect, and they luckily have seen that, found out the mistake. They had to send in their 1099, their their tax returns or their 1099s or their W-2s to actually prove how much they made because they take your highest 35 earning years when they calculate your benefit. It's called an AIME, A-I-M-E, Average Index Monthly Earnings. And you want to make sure that all your years are accounted for. And is it ever too late to fix that? Well, you have to have proof. So it depends how far back your records go. But you need to stay on, just like you stay on top of your credit report or should stay on top of your credit report, you owe it to yourself to stay on top of your social security record as well. And then people say, well, what if I don't work for a few years? They take the highest. So if you have worked for 35 years and then you have a few zeros, it doesn't matter. They will just drop off. What if you've worked for 30 years? Well, the average is going to be a little bit lower. Okay. There's some algorithm or formula based on your highest 35 working years. So they're going to divide by 35. So if you have a lower number because you only have 30 years rather than 35, the number, the quotient will come out lower. Right. And so you have the option to choose whatever that number is or your spousal share if you're married or divorced. You're not choosing it. Right. They will give you the higher. My mistake. Okay. (laughs) You were going to 
assume that the government is going to make the correct calculation. But you're suggesting that people stay really on top of this and make sure that the earnings history is accurate and that they're going to make sure that they get the biggest number that they possibly could get. Yes, they're entitled to. Yes. And actually, when you go to the Social Security office, they are often confused about the rules. So you, if they are not giving you the correct information, you need to ask for a supervisor. Sometimes the supervisors are confused. You need to ask for the top person in the office because you may not get what you're entitled to. That's very good advice. Thank you so much, Gail Loeb of the Loeb Financial Planning Group. Uh, located in White Plains, I believe. Purchase. In Purchase, uh, for being our guest and talking today about Social Security and divorce and other situations. Thank you, Catherine. 